With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert, here on December 30th, 2020. We're almost at the end of a most unusual year, and I'm guessing all of us are glad to start fresh um, on Friday with a new year and hopefully um, things changing in the world for the better. Um, the purpose of the podcast today is um, talking about year-end tasks you need to do for your business, some things you need to plan for for next year so you can have a running start um, as things move into the new year, and um, some of my thoughts about what we can do better, what we did well, all that. So I'm going to jump right in. First thing you need to do is make a calendar note to download your inventory numbers from Amazon so you can use that within your end of year financials. Um, there is a post in the group from Steven Smotherman exactly how to do that. I don't need to recreate the wheel because he's got an excellent post. So mark your calendar, set an alarm, a reminder, whatever, to make sure you do that because it's far easier to have the numbers right at the end of the year than try to recreate them. Um, I do it tomorrow evening. Um, to me, that's close enough for government work on the whole deal. So um, mark your calendar before you start your massive partying tomorrow night. Do your inventory reports. Um, something to think about today and tomorrow um, is, is there any spending you need to do for your business that you can do in 2020 to take advantage of any um, tax write-offs as business expenses? Um, so if you need a new computer, if you need to order shipping supplies, if you need labels, if you want to prepay for a year of a service like Restock Pro or Inventory Lab or Helium or any of those services, um, think about whether it's advantageous for you to do it this year or wait till next year. Um, I did a bunch of, of um, reorders on inventory this week to get it in before the end of the year. Um, I wanted to, to have all that done and ready to come in and, and start shipping products in the new year. So think about whether that will work for your business or not, um, or your um, personal um, financial status, cash flow, all of that um, issues. The other thing I think you really need to do over the next few days is think about your sourcing as we come into the first quarter of 2021. I always have a good first quarter. Um, my third quarter is my slowest time of year historically. So I make sure I have plenty of inventory in for first quarter sales. If you think all those people are um, buying, are using the gift cards that they got for Christmas or the cash they got for Christmas, or if they didn't get what they wanted, they're buying products, um, our products on Amazon. I've had a great days on Amazon since Christmas. Um, so I'm really happy as good as the days leading up to Christmas. 
Um, and I, my best month is always January. So I'm hoping this carries through. Um, I shipped today is Wednesday. I shipped three boxes on Monday, two boxes yesterday and one today. And you guys know the kind of numbers that are in my boxes. So I'm looking to, um, have lots of inventory in Amazon to, um, scrape up some of that gift card money. Cause that's really, really good money. Michelle says she has uh, gift card money your sales are good too um, I think unless you sell specific sell specific holiday um, information or products um, you know Christmas ornaments and all that you'll find that that if you have inventory in stock your January sales will be really really good and I don't lower prices to try to grab that money I stay consistent with my pricing it's not um, I'm not a race to the bottom kind of person with pricing I did lower a bunch of prices um, early December on stuff that had been sitting way too long. Some of it I lowered and were, I'm losing money on it, but if it's been sitting in the warehouse for two Christmases now, it's it doesn't need to be in there anymore. And I just wanted to get rid of it and recoup some money. Um, so I did that and then I was very careful to make sure I noted those ASINs that I was closing out, marked them as inactive. Um, in restock pro so i didn't reorder them seeing that they sold because with um i'm i've got like 2600 active SKUs now i can't keep it all in my head anymore i used to be able to but i can't now so it has to be noted down um and dealt with in a reasonable manner or i lose track so i'm still i'm doing two things to keep track of things one i talked about on a podcast at least a year ago as when i'm working processing orders or um reordering anything where I'm into Amazon and I see something that needs fixing that isn't related to what I'm doing, I write it on a post-it note and I write one thing on a post-it note. I don't make a list. I write one task on a post-it note so I can go back to it um, when I'm finished what I'm doing because I am horrible. If I lose my train of thought, it takes me a half hour to get back there. So I just jot it on a post-it note and it goes in my red notebook um, I stick them on the inside cover and then I can go back when I'm done with that process I was working on. I can go back and work through those post-it notes one at a time. Um, I don't make lists on post-it notes. If I'm making a list of things I need to do, um, like my podcast script, it goes in my red notebook and the notebook is refillable. So once it's filled up, I can replace the insides with a new refill and put the old one on the shelf with the dates on the front and look back at stuff. And I, I used to try to keep separate notebooks for like business and personal, and that just didn't work. So now um, I have to say, I thank Ellie for this one because we were together a year ago in Salt Lake City and she did everything in one notebook and I started going back to everything in one notebook. Um, so I've got, you know, getting refunds on the canceled cruise. Um, it's interesting that this notebook I have now, I started on the 31st of December 19 and it's going to end. I have two pages left. It's going to end this year. So it's one year's worth of notes in one notebook. It, there's a lot of pages to it. And it's a, it's about, um, I don't know what size they call it. It's a, it's not a standard size, but I found refills on Amazon very inexpensively. It's about uh, six by nine, roughly. 
and um, I prefer lines or grids. Um, if it's plain paper, it becomes a mess. And I've also discovered I really, really like um, using these friction pins, F-R-I-X-I-O-N pins. And they are pins um, available in click top or the stick kind where you have to put the cap on yourself. And the beauty of these pins is that they are erasable pins with the eraser that's on the end of them. So I buy them by the box of 12 um, because I love them. I like the click ones better because you don't lose the cap. And I like the thicker ones better of these um, because the ink being erasable, it's not like pure jet black. The, the black is like a very, very, very dark gray. So having the thicker um, tip, the point. 07 tip is what I use. Um, friction clicker erasable 0.07. And I just had a coupon from um, Staples, so I ordered another pack of 12. And it comes in um, black, blue, red for the basic colors, and then different ones and like markers and highlighters, all in assorted colors. So I like it because you can erase it and it makes your notes a little nicer to follow instead of scratch out. So, um, so that's. That's my hint, and I would suggest sign up for Staples Rewards because every once in a while, you, without even knowing it, you get a, um, a coupon in the mail, and I have $15 worth of coupons sitting here, so I'm going to get more pins because I love pins anyway. So um, that's the, um, the planning part, the dealing with stuff. Make a plan, write it down. Don't count on your memory. It just it is such a freeing feeling in your head to have it on paper because then you can always go back to this notebook and look and see um, where you're at. I do really try to date the top of the pages so I know um, wh what's going on when um, to look back. And um, I also sometimes stick post-its of stuff that I did when I didn't have the notebook in hand and put it on the page with the other stuff. So um, there you go. So planning, I think we, I think now is more than ever. We need to spend like the first two weeks of January working on a plan for our sourcing for 2021. And because sourcing has changed, um, it, you really need to figure out what you're going to do. Um, I, I have not seen any trade shows that are planned before October. Um, that's the, the earliest one in my niche that is actually happening, happening in person. Um, so you need to look at, at the trade shows you normally go to or the trade shows you want to go to, see what's happening for them. Um, plan your year based on those dates if they're, they're opening up later in the year. Um, the ones I works, I usually go to in the spring and early summer are, are all turned virtual and I made, I make sure I signed up for those. So they're in my calendar. I know I'm committed to them and I'm looking for product that way. Um, as I said, two weeks ago, I think virtual trade shows are not ideal, but they're better than nothing. And it gives you access to companies at least where you can stay involved and, um, in touch with um, with the vendors in your um, niche. The other thing, don't forget local sourcing. Um, it is more important that people realize um, that they 
they sometimes forget that there's good stuff in your backyard that other people might be coming to your area to find. So please don't forget things that are local to your area that are that are of interest um, to people nationwide or worldwide that you can source locally. Um, so put your thinking cap on, get out of your notebook, and just start making notes of sourcing ideas. Do not forget your existing suppliers who may have new product lines coming out or product lines you didn't know about. That has happened to me. Or as Ron is doing, because he lost his biggest supplier, um, I, as they're victims of COVID. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be opening back up anytime soon. He is digging through the catalog of his existing suppliers and finding more products that you just don't, you, you, you can't look through everything if a supplier has 8,000 SKUs. So he's doing that every week, reordering and expanding his product base from that one supplier. And, and I suggest you guys do the same thing. The other thing I'd like you to do um, moving into 2021 is look at what trade groups are available for the niche or niches you sell in. Um, there, there have been some deaths among trade groups. I big one in my, one of my, um, areas folded because they had a trade show in June that had to be canceled and, um, they just did not have the financial backing to stay afloat. So they folded, but I did find another tangential one that that's adjacent to my niche that can help keep me involved. And, and, um, most most trade groups it costs to join um mine are like 100 to 150 dollars a year but i find it's really really worth it to just stay in touch with everything the people the products the trends it's really really valuable um and an interesting thing happened um with one of the groups i belonged to for a while and then i let it lapse because they weren't totally in my my area and there were others that were more important to my bottom line one of those is now closed so i rejoined this other group that i'd been a member of for many many years and um, they have joined forces with another related group um, in the art space and they are doing a virtual trade show together so you get two for one you don't have to join both you only have to join one and you get access to both trade shows as a virtual show. So um, that was a good thing. It was interesting. Ron had been a member of the, the second group for a while. Um, they had a trade show in Salt Lake and we went down there. Um, but now they've joined forces. And, and since I joined, we can both watch the, the stuff for the virtual trade shows and, and try to find um, more products that way. So that's another homework assignment for for you guys is to look at trade groups in in the areas you sell in another thing that i am going to do and i think it's a good idea for all of you to do is to look at any tools or apps that may help streamline your business um, i'm not a big one for spending money on tools and apps but i have found the ones i use pay for themselves every single day um, the two big ones I use are Restock Pro and Inventory Lab. And I, in previous podcasts, I've explained why I use both. I don't think you need both for the average person. But you, I think if you want to grow bigger, 
than you are right this moment. You have to find some way of keeping tabs on your inventory and effectively reordering products. So you have to find one that works for you. Both of them have trials. Um, I really think if you're not using an inventory solution that you need to find one and test it um, so you can be up and running and effectively reordering um, your products in a timely manner so you don't have too many in a warehouse but you don't run out. That's the big battle with this business is because the products aren't in front of us once they've gone to warehouses. It's it's far more difficult to keep tabs on things so you need a solution that will work and and you know for many people it might be a spreadsheet um, to track all of it but the one thing it doesn't it, that's harder to do without plugging into the Amazon API and knowing sales velocity buy box price buy box percentages and all that and that's what um, um, some of these solutions will do for you is give you that information and allow you to make your restocking decisions based on the real numbers. Um, the one thing you have to be careful of is this time of year, if they're looking at sales veloci velocity um, for third quarter, don't go crazy and order first quarter based on those numbers without thinking of them first. Don't just blindly reorder whatever your tool says to reorder. Think about it first. Um, and Ron just posted in the group, well, two things. One, he's learned never to interrupt me while I'm working because I just, having worked alone for so long, interruptions don't do well for me. And then he also says, I can tell you that Restock Pro has vastly increased my efficiency and pays for itself many times over due to elimination of lost sales due to out of stock. Yep, that's kind of the whole point of it. And it, do, it does work. And inventory solutions work. The initial setup is painful. If you're any good with spreadsheets, that will help you a lot. Um, I'm not, so it was a little more painful for me. I know Ron did a lot of stuff with spreadsheets in his Restock Pro with new products over the last couple of weeks. Um, so that can speed it up. But please spend some time and look, look into an inventory solution. Um, look into shipping solutions if you are not using Amazon Buy Shipping, eBay Buy Shipping, Etsy Buy Shipping. I ship using buy shipping for the marketplaces I'm selling on and then I have pirate ship for anything that falls out of that weirdness um, sending replacements that I can't get the labels done correctly on Amazon um, personal shipping all that and pirate ship is free it does give you the commercial base rate so they're discounted race rates and um, it's easy to use, it's slick, it, it just works. So I would suggest sign up for a pirate ship account to have that in your back pocket in case you need it for something. Um, Ellie posted in the group about a new shipping solution she's using. I have not tried that yet, but I would say um, really make sure you, you check everything out. Have all this done before the, the things start getting crazy um, in the new year. This is kind of this breathing time right now, I feel, to do all this housekeeping stuff. Um, if you're going to try um, apps, um, keyword apps and all this, this might be a good time to do it. Um, anything you can think of that will make you more efficient, please give it a try. Um, I've got one thing I'm going to do, and I'm putting it on my list right now because I keep forgetting it, is I need a new barcode scanner. Mine 
seems to be like pooping out and it doesn't it takes sometimes two or three times to scan properly so um so that kind of thing anything that will make you more efficient and uh, ron just used pirate ship for the first time this morning to uh, return a damaged product um and he says it has a really easy graphical user interface so yeah it's what i'd recommend for all that ancillary shipping stuff um, and Michelle says she's been using the Helium 10 inventory management tool and she really likes it so far. So yeah, I'm not here to sell you on any one tool. I'm here to tell you what I use and tell you that you need an inventory management tool, whatever it is. If it works for you and you like it and you feel it makes, makes you money, then it's the right tool for you. Um, and just not every tool is perfect. There's one thing in Restock Pro that I can't stand, but they were really nice. And I had an hour chat with the owner of the company and one of their, their um, coding guys and some stuff about fixing this one thing that, that I don't like. So, you know, don't be afraid to talk to companies that you're working with and, and let them know what you don't like. Um, the, um, the next thing you need to do, and oh God, this is going to be painful because I hate looking every morning at my refunds is how you're going to deal with the returns that are going to come back. Um, you have a plan in place, have bins available, um, and then kind of have in your head a plan what you're going to do with it. What I would suggest as a process is as when the returns come back every day, go into the returns um, page on the um, reports and scan that LPN that's on the back of the return and find out why it was returned. Um, one, that can alert you to problems that you may have not realized with a product. Uh, maybe it's a bad batch of products. Maybe you mislabeled some stuff. Maybe Amazon is shipping the wrong stuff to your customers. And to be honest, they should reimburse you. If they ship the wrong thing, the customer gets, it comes back, it's all dinged up. Because they shipped the wrong thing, that's not your fault. And that's the kind of thing I would open cases for. Um, but you got to have a plan on how you're going to deal with them. So what I do is I get them back. Um, I did yesterday's this morning before the podcast. I scanned the LPN. I found out what was wrong with them. And then it went into a couple things. One, there's a few things I'll keep for myself. Um, because they're odd, odd enough that um, they aren't going to be great to donate because nobody's going to have a clue what it does. It's some weird jewelry making tool or something. Some I can return to the manufacturer if they are truly defective. They will take them back. That goes in. I have labeled bins, um, small ones for each manufacturer. When I get returned that way, I write on a post-it, what's wrong, tape it to the package and put it in the bin. And I go through those every few months to deal with. Some of them may be so bad you just have to trash them. Um, some of them you may want to donate. Um, but have a plan in place. Have the things available to make it easier to implement that plan. So for me, it's those little bins that I go through. Um, for you, it may be big boxes if you sell bigger stuff. Label them. Deal with the returns as they come in. Make notes on each one um, if you're if it's going to be returned as defective or whatever because you'll not remember in a month when you start going through that box ask me how i know this so you know what to do with the stuff um and um i don't donate a lot some of it is is stuff that i know would be fine in a thrift store but some of it's just too bizarre and weird and i tend to just keep those and put them in my tool chest some of them i give to friends 
um, because I know they'd enjoy the stuff. So just, just have a plan on dealing with the returns. Also have a plan in place for dealing with um, getting reimbursed for refunds that were not returned. Um, that's a big one. And fortunately for me, I have Karen Locker's team who does that for me because I would lose my mind doing it myself. It was, it was such a freeing thing to have somebody else do it. So whether you hire Karen Locker's team, you have a teenager who's good with spreadsheets and details that can do it, you outsource this to somebody, your own VA who handles all this, however you choose to do it, have a plan in place because you'd be surprised at the amount of times people don't return these refunded items. They kind of think, oh, Amazon will forget about it and blah, blah, blah. And, and then you're out the refund and don't have anything back. Um, I think that's a poor way to train customers. So I make sure I, I um, have had Karen's team deal with those kind of things. Um, I've noticed I've had a lot of refunds in the past week for shipping dress, address unavailable, carrier unable to deliver, and all of that. Um, assumption being that we are going to get those items back in sellable condition. I'm not sure they will. They might get lost on the way back, and you have to plan a, have a plan in place for getting reimbursed for those, too. Um, watch all of your Amazon reimbursements, warehouse damage, all of that, because I don't trust them one bit. For a company who claims to have the best um, coders and, and teams on the ball to do all of this, um, I don't trust them in the least to do all of this. Um, and if you've been selling on Amazon for any length of time, you know how often they can screw up too and um, how often you get bad information from them. Um, the next thing I want to talk about briefly is A to Z claims. Um, that seems to be the preferred method now for, for um, dealing with people who don't get their product is ask them to file an A to Z claim. Um, assuming you use Amazon buy shipping and we're talking about Amazon here and let that go through. And there's been a lot of cases in our group and other groups where um, Amazon will refund them with that A to Z claim, but it will count against you. And you have to fight that one because Amazon's own terms say if the order, if you use buy shipping, you're covered for these delivery issues in A to Z claims. So, don't back down, hold your ground, and um, get your money back. I think John Tyler just had one where they said it will count against you, but he appealed and he won the appeal. This is, I believe, a case of people not in Amazon, quote, seller support, not knowing which, um, which button to push to properly deal with things. Um, Unfortunately, I think the vast majority of, of us know way more about Amazon than the Amazon seller support agents. And that's a, a sad case to have with a multi-billion dollar company who freely gives away our money and very stingily gives it back. So you have to, it's your money. You have to fight for it. It's not like they're doing you a favor. They're doing what the terms of service say. Um, the last thing I want to talk about for, for um, year-end planning is credit cards and charge cards and a few things that I did in the past month to deal with them. Um, I use Amex exclusively for my business. 
except for the odd thing where they don't take Amex. And I don't think I've used my business visa once this year. Everybody takes Amex now. Um, but these cards come with a pretty hefty annual fee. For me, the benefits far outweigh um, the annual fees. Um, but a lot of them, if you haven't been able to use travel benefits, um, anything that you haven't, benefits with these cards that you haven't been able to use because COVID's kept you home, COVID's kept you from doing things. Um, there is, um, there is a thing called retention offers with credit cards. If you're, if you are a good customer, a credit card company wants to keep their good customers. And um, on my Amex cards and my mom's Amex cards, we got on the phone and asked for someone in the retention department and said, hey, I can't use all of these Delta Reserve Amex card benefits because we didn't travel this year. Is there anything you can do to convince me to keep the card? And I, I open it up that way as I let them make the first offer. Um, and it's surprising because I've done it, I think, six different calls and I have six different agents who worked on it differently. But I can tell you every single time I walked away very happy. Um, on my mom's Amex Platinum card, um, because she hasn't gone anywhere in a year, um, the motorhome's still sitting in the storage area and all that, um, her Platinum card fee was $550 a month. And she says I, she hasn't flown anywhere in ages she doesn't use any of the airline benefits. You know, they haven't eaten out for the dining benefits or the hotel benefits. They gave her a $500, I believe it was $500 statement credit back. So that card cost her $50 for the year, um, which I thought was brilliant because the, the buyer protection on the Amex Platinum is worth the $50. Um, for mine, I got, um, depending on the card, I got most of the fee back or I got a massive amount of, uh, Amex reward points and they value a reward point anywhere from seven um, seven tenths of a cent to a penny so if you got 50,000 points to keep your card that would be um, $500 um, of actual sort of benefits so be aware of that with your um, your credit cards if there's a hefty fee and you didn't use it as much as you thought you would use it um, look into retention offers and just ask, you know, um, you can say we didn't use the benefits. Um, the fee is pretty high. I have, uh, options for no fee cards. Um, what can you do? So, so I'll keep this card because what's the worst they can say? Nothing right. And you're out five minutes of a phone call. Um, the best they can say is some really fabulous offer. And I'm really pleased with, with, um, with what I got. Um, Kelly says you do have to ship on time. Otherwise they won't pay the A to Z claims. That's very true. And, um, I think, I think all of us in the group understand the importance of getting that first scan when you ship something, because that's what I see, especially in the Amazon handmade groups is where people just, they use Amazon buy shipping and they dump it at the post office and they don't get it scanned. Whereas you can get a scan form. Um, any of the big three marketplaces, Amazon, Etsy, and eBay all have a way to get scan forms. Um, um, so there's really no reason not to get the stuff scanned because it is to protect you 100%. Um, 
Michelle says she uses Visa for inventory purchases and Amex for expenses. It makes easy thing for her, easier for her at tax time. So um, whatever works for you, you know, it doesn't matter. I tend to use the cards depending on what benefits are there, um, what what I get most bang for the buck for. So I use my Delta SkyMiles Reserve almost exclusively for inventory purchases because I wanted to get the Delta status boost points or miles that they were offering. And so I was able to get with flying like to Salt Lake City twice um, this year to get Delta Diamond Medallion, which is their highest level of um, membership in their loyalty program. And there's lots of benefits. And I specifically wanted it this year because everything you earn this year rolls over to next year. So in addition to having the benefits for 2021, the, what you earn in 2021 rolls over or counts for 2022. So getting it this year actually gives me two years of um, benefits there. So most likely I will now do all of my uh, business charges on my Amex card that gives me 2% cash back. Um, so, um, so that's a way to, to manage your cards in a way that works best for you. And TG says Amex increases your limit as you use it more and more and pay it off on time. Exactly. That's, that's credit card um, importance is, is pay off on time. The one last thing I wanted to point out because someone in another group um, asked about what are the best cards for business. And um, Ron is on the call so he can pop into um, to chat um, if I got this any bit wrong. But there are two kinds of cards, plastic. There are charge cards and there are credit cards. Um, like the Amex Platinum card is a charge card, which means they expect you to pay it off in full every month. Now, I say this with a little caveat because Amex has been um, promoting this thing called Planet, where you can specify specific charges that you will pay off over X amount of period of an agreement. But, um, but for the most part, a charge card, you pay it off. It is expected to be paid off every month. A credit card is a card that you can make payments over time, whatever. There's no specific uh, things you have to do to be able to extend that period to pay them. Um, all of my cards are charge cards because I grew up with a father who was um, a young man during the Depression and he was like anti-debt. And so I've grown up anti-debt. So I pay my cards off every month. So for me, having charge cards are fine. If you feel you have to use a credit card, um, to spread payments, please be very careful with the terms, the interest rates, um, minimum payments, etc. Be very careful that you don't bite off more than you can chew money-wise. Um, I've seen too many people get too far down the credit card rabbit hole, assuming that their latest private label product is going to take off like crazy and they charge on a, on a um, credit card. Um, everything, the product doesn't sell and now they've got this large credit card debt that they can't deal with. So just be, be very careful. Um, TG Amex Plum is the card that I fall back on because I get 2%. Um, uh, it's actually a statement credit. It's like cash back. Statement credit. Um, the Amex Plum now is 1.5% for new people, but I was in the first 
um, group of 10,000 who got the, the original plum cards. And it's still a really, really good card for business. And I have to say, I, uh, as an Amex fan, they are by far the best company for customer service um, for credit cards. The buyer protection plans, the um, uh, card match, etc. Okay, Ron just posted in the group, so I'm going to read it out. He says, some cards are hybrid. They have an agreed charge limit and an agreed credit limit. Meaning, for example, that you can charge $100,000 through the billing period, but you have to pay off 80000 and are allowed to carry 20000 as credit. Okay, I didn't know that. That's kind of like this Amex planet, planet, plan it, that they're moving to. But on the Amex one, you have to specify which transactions are you're going to use for the planet part. Um, TG has the 2% plum card. Good for you. You got in early then. Um, very good, because that's, that's a lot of money. That's like finding 2% for your business, you know, or to your bottom line. So I, that's great. And Michelle says she has the plum too. Yeah, it's a great card. And very, it's surprising how few people in the whole business world actually know about that card. Um, but I found it to be a great card. I used the Delta Reserve Sky Miles business card all this year. Got my um, Delta status boost from it. Now I'm going back to the plum card for the next year. Um, so I think that should do it for all of my end of year um, tasks. Um, it's been a tough year. It's been a challenging year. Those, um, those businesses who were able to adapt, um, like thank God we were in online retail and didn't have brick and mortar stores only, I think we'll come through this fine. I think the one advantage for us as we move forward is it's taught a lot of people how to buy online that never did it before. I think that's a huge bonus for us that that will carry forward. Now there's a lot of people who will go back to going to Walmart and, and they're for me, their local yarn store, their local quilt store for a lot of their stuff. But there's going to be some who see the convenience of buying online and will continue to. And I think that's a big bonus for us. So we have to look at the positive of that as we move forward into next year. So um, next week, Ellie is going to be on the call and she's going to talk all about Etsy. Um, she killed it on Etsy this year um, and she has learned a lot. She knows a lot more um, than I do about Etsy and she has sold way more. So she's going to um, be on the Facebook Live um, next week to talk all about Etsy and how you can source products for Etsy or it could be a lot of your existing products will sell on Etsy. And um, the one nice thing I have found Etsy cu customers for the most part are really kind customers. Um, they're like the anti-Amazon customer. So that's a good thing too, to have that little breath of fresh air um, in your business. So that'll be next week. Um, same time, same place. It'll be a Facebook Live um, event also. So unless anybody has anything else, I will sign off and let y'all get back to work. Oh, Ron has a question to TG. Does the Capital One Spark card offer 2% cash back? Um, and I'll leave, the chat will, will be open so you guys continue, continue that conversation in chat. And um, I will let y'all go and we will talk to you in the new year. Stay safe, stay healthy. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.